All right. Hello. Welcome on into the first episode of My Take, Your Take with Triple Crown Media, myself, and my guy over here, Mel Simmons. What up? What up? We're going to be bringing you guys the best of the Mets every week, once a week, and giving you our best insight that we can to the best of our abilities. What do you want to go through first? Man, one, just want to say I'm excited to be here, man. I love the Mets. I'm sure people watching, they love the Mets. Y'all know what time it is, man. I'm trying to see what we're going to do this year. Hopefully we bring out a banger. You know, it's, it's been a pretty long drought in the, in the championship department for us Mets. So, you know, we all want the same thing. The Mets want the same thing. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to do this uh, podcast with you, bro. We, we, we're going to talk about some good things. And, um just just bring that vibe and that energy for our, our fellow Met fans. So, Yes, sir. Hopefully a lot more good than bad. Hopefully it's a lot better, smoother sailing like it was this past year up until the end rather than, you know, the past 20, 30, 40 years prior. Yeah, man, you're not lying. Actually, you know, we – I've I followed like a lot of Mets pages. There's a lot of uh, negativity, a lot of hurt uh, for the way the season ended last season. And, you know, like it's, it's hard for, you know, Mets fans uh, of, of old or, or that been following this team for a long time to like truly like get it and buy in that this is a different team with new ownership, with, with new managers, you know, and they really want to build a contending team. They, they got to, uh, a win now mode right now, but they also have been holding on to the prospects. Our prospect system is, is, is moving up in the ranks. Uh, so, you know, like I, I get it, Met fans, but this truly is a different team, different ownership. And we just got to see how this thing continues to progress as we move forward um, throughout the next couple of seasons. But, you know, the Mets are for real and that's what people got to, uh, you know, come to grips with. It's not the same old ownership. Uh, they're spending the money. Uh, they're bringing in people that's been uh, winners before that won uh, World Series. So, you know, the, the Mets want to win. So it's going to be more good than bad is what I'm getting at. Yeah, know? no, no, definitely. It's I'm, I, I definitely think it's going to be more good than bad. I'm excited. This this new owner is definitely proving over and over again already within the first actual three weeks of the offseason, I'd say. It's been like, you know, it starts right after the World Series, but. It's only really things have only really been happening for the past three weeks and the past two. He has made splash after splash after splash. And I can't say he's made one decision so far that I'm not in approval of the JV replacement. My initial reaction, I wasn't a fan just because I was still butthurt about the crowd leaving, not going to lie. But after I got over the initial just shock of him leaving, and just realized what it was and, you know, accepted that JV is fully capable of giving us a better season than DeGrom has given us in three years just because he hasn't pitched in almost three years. So, I mean, yeah, I think this team with what we have right now, if Alvarez especially, if he can step up and Alvarez, Beatty, and maybe Mark Vientos, you never know. I've, I've heard a lot of mixed things on him, especially defensively. I've heard he... I've heard from somebody like watching him play defense that it looks like he's never taken a pop fly before <laughs> in the outfield. Like it looks like this man was, was playing T-ball, not being able to take a ball out there. Right. I think I also don't think that the offseason is even close to over. I think we're going to get a DH at least. I think we're going to make some trades. McCann's probably not going to be on the team opening day. I wouldn't expect. Do you think we're going to carry three catchers if we want to develop Alvarez? And I don't think we're getting rid of Nito. I think uh, McCann is it may stay because he has a relationship with both Max uh, and JV. Mm, so yeah, he was on Detroit. He, he was on Detroit, and I know uh, McCann gets a lot of flack, and uh, a lot of his deserve. I mean, he was atrocious at the plate for just about two years now. So, but he is really good defensively. It's been a long time since the Mets had. You know, catchers that's throwing guys out, that's that's stealing on us. You know what I mean? You know, it was open season a couple seasons ago on running on the Mets. You know, everybody's yeah. running on us, uh, steal at the steal. You get on base, and 
you you going for second now with McCann and Nito back there. You know, you 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 see people a little bit hesitant to steal. I think McCann uh, stays for his defense, and he stays because he has a relationship with uh you know Max and Verlander. As far as like Verlander being a replacement. Uh, to me, like at first I was like, man, now we got two 40 year old pitchers. We're paying the most money. Uh, That's any- exactly <laughs> how I was going through the motion. You know, it was like, okay, but Verlander won the, the uh, Cy Young last season. And from my understanding, he pitched 25 games. So, you know, yeah. you pitched 25 games, uh, won the uh, Cy Young. You know, if he just pitches 25 games for the Mets, that's a win. We won 101 games last season with Max missing, uh, what, like 15 games. DeGrom only started 11. So, you know, with us winning 101 games with our two aces, missing that many is really like just a a, a testament to how well the team was constructed. I know people were a little salty about how it ended. Justifiably, I was a little salty, too, and hurt that the offense kind of like it was it was so sad too. Like right after o- Oakland was the death sentence. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. O- that kind of did the Mets. And, no, and when we got swept by Chicago, actually in Chicago, that's what it was. Yeah. Right? No, no. It's, was it at home? I think it was at I think it was at home where we lost to Chicago. We got swept. Yeah, we got swept by the Cubs at home. Yeah, I mean they owed us one. Yeah, and then it was we swept, swept little... up out the building on the way to the World Series in fifteen. So oh. they owed us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they sure. won the World Series the next year, though. <laughs> you know that's true, but they, you know, they they owed the Mets. I mean, oh, I think Verlander is a good pickup. He starts twenty five games. We get Max to give us twenty to twenty five. Yeah, you know, they they uh, picked up Senga. Um, I'm excited about that. There's there's definitely variability in what he can be, but his ceiling is definitely higher than a Chris Bassett. But his floor. You know that's that's the gamble. It could be definitely lower Nobody than a Christmas. Know what the floor is? Yeah, I mean he's from the Japanese <laughs> league. You never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they say you know he, he he's thrown he, more innings than Bassett. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. He's they thrown said more that, innings than Bassett. He's like four years younger. Yeah, they said he threw 154 last season or something like that. 150 yeah. plus uh, innings. He threw a lot. Yeah, but I mean. I try to keep my expectations. I don't want to say low because, you know, I, I've been a Mets fan for a long time, but I try to keep my expectations realistic. If he can just yeah. be a solid number three, number four pitcher and give us 20, 25 uh, outings, you know, I'm good with that. If he's just solid, you know what I mean? 3.0, 3.5 ERA, winning 12, 15 games, you know, that, that'd be solid. Yeah, and even Quintana, he might it might end up being that Quintana steps into that three spot and Senga slides into the four just because Senga isn't ready in this first year. And but there's also the opposite that could happen, and he's more than ready. And that ghost ball just goes by every single hitter this year. And it is kind of like a Tanaka type of thing where the first year he's in the league, he's amazing, and then it starts to people start to figure it out a little bit. Right. But well, like my thought was kind of like when Pete came in he you know had the 54 homers first first season people start figuring him out he, he likes to chase uh the the down and away slider and the, you know the high heat you know and yeah people, especially oh, the high heat this year especially so, the high heat this year you know like you get figured out but pete he showed that he can make the adjustment right back and uh he had a phenomenal season this year so you know if that does happen with Sanger, he comes in and he's just throwing it and he's untouchable because they haven't seen this pitch before it, it, the, the, the off-speed pitches, they can either turn out to be big fat cookies or they can turn out to be something special. So <laughs> we don't know what it's going to be. Uh, they said they have a very live fastball, but if they turn out to be cookies, it could be a very short oh, stick man. In, in, the, in the three hole, you know, cause they said he has some time command issues, uh, struggle, um, to control his pitches and walk batters. And if yep. you walk in batters over there, well, I'll say this, because the um, the Japanese hitters appear to be very disciplined at the plate. So his walks over there, who knows how that's going to translate to the MLB, because they're a little swing happy over here. Mm. These guys are swinging at everything. You yeah, know we're trying I'm to hit it out of the park over here. <laughs> so who knows 
you know, how that balance goes with, you know, is he going to walk more people over here uh, in an MLB than he did over there? I mean, it's a it's a question mark, but it was worth the risk. I mean, the Mets. Oh, yeah, for the years, price tag? For the money? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's worth the risk. He actually got offered more from the uh, Padres, I heard. The Padres, that happened to them a lot this offseason with Judge, with him. There was, I think, two more. Honestly, I'm just spacing on I'm spacing on both of them. Right. But yeah, the Padres have uh, struck out a couple times, but they got Juan Soto for two years, and then the Gold Glover Juan Soto. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. That team is stacked. I was hoping the Mets got Juan Soto. I know everybody when we ain't get him was talking all this smack. That dude is a generational. Oh, team. everybody would have been hyped if he was on the team. <laughs> I mean, everybody would have been so happy he would have been on. Yeah, the team. I know. As soon as he signed with the yeah, Mets. you know, most of those people were like. Please give us one soda. And then the day he signs that contract with the Padres, they're like, Yeah, he a bum. He yeah, ain't he that good. Bum. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's a free this, this that's the plan, possibly, because Otani's a free agent next year. And then if we don't get Otani, everybody says that the plan is to get one soda the year after. If they're Otani all in the on Otani. I think they get him. Oh, yeah, I think so too. I think I mean, is I don't know how much it actually will correlate to them getting Otani, but Senga might be a piece in getting Otani. Well, that's what they say, and I don't really buy into this. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what it actually would factor into. I've heard that talking point a lot, though. You know what's funny? Like, I watch a lot of other Met podcasts, a lot of other Met takes and stuff like that. Even, you know, the professionals that go on TV, they talk about the Mets. You know, everybody was bigging up, you know, Correa's best friends with Lindor. You know, they're yeah. going to want to team up and play. I, I stopped buying into, like, all that that tabloid stuff because it really does seem to me like it's anybody guess because the Mets was in on Correa, but 13 years, 350 says otherwise. The Mets oh, yeah. going 13 years, 350. So, you know, I mean, no matter how much you want, there's always a team willing to get, I don't want to say desperate, but that was a crazy contract to me. I, I couldn't believe he got it, especially with his his injury history that they gave oh, him 13 yeah. years. I mean, this is just – we. I've, I don't think I've ever saw a free agency that's been like this one. No, I think it's crazy. And also, I mean – I think the Mets were definitely in on him. They just weren't in on him like that. Like they were definitely in on him for like a two or three year contract with high AAV. Just oh so no, they, they would have gave him. They would have gave yeah. him five six. They gave he, him five six years. Just not, dude. Thirteen, right? It was thirteen <laughs> years. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, he probably could have got like maybe a seven year two twenty for the Mets or something somewhere around there. They would have paid him. He would have made yeah, some money. They, they would have paid him. They definitely would have paid him. They paid him 20, 25 million a year. But you know, like you you 13 years, 350. I mean, he probably couldn't sign it fast enough. That's the same thing I thought with the Lindor contract. I'm like, 10 years, 341. Lindor is like signing the papers instantly. <laughs> Send me the contract. You know what I mean? That and the yeah. new balance contract, probably. Both let ones. me ask you this, man. Like I don't want to sidetrack or or the the whole pitching thing, but like you listen to like uh Degrom, like he said, oh I want to go to a team that wants to win. I'm not hating on Degrom. Degrom, you know, he should go to the Hall of Fame, right? You listen to um uh, Robeson, who we just got. He just went to the World Series with the Phillies. He comes to the Mets and he's like, oh um I just want to play for a team that wants to win a championship. I'm like, you were on a team that wanted to play. Like, are they not allowed to say nothing else? Like, these yeah. guys say the same thing in every interview. Like, no matter who goes to what <laughs> team, they all say if the team not close to winning a championship. Oh man, I just, I just, I just came here. That's not like Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo's like, I love this place. They treat me very well. Like, besides the fact that they want to win a World Series, he's like, they treat me like a family. But I very much agree with you because half the time it's just I came here for the money. The Rangers won 68 games last year, man. You're coming here for their vision. Come on, <laughs> like, come on, bro. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, come on, Robinson. You know, the, the, the Phillies went to the World Series, and you said, All right, you know, I'm going to the Mets because they want to win a World Series. Like, the Phillies, they, they might go back to back to the World I mean, Series. with how they are now, yeah. I mean, they still pitching is still big because Nola Wheeler got you saw Wheeler down the stretch. I don't know if that's something that's going to linger or if it's just something in regards to like he's going to have to get used to pitching that many innings in Wheeler the season. Be fine. 
He'd be fine. But he he's nasty. I, he's the one that got away. Yeah, he, he'd be fine. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I just find it interesting. Like, all these players say the same thing. Like, I get tired. Like, it was refreshing to hear Nemo say something else. It's just like, yo, man, I get it, man. But just be honest. Like, yo, them dudes offered me $13 million, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Since I'm here, I'm going to help the Giants win a World Series. Or the Grom, they offer me five me. years, $185 million. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but while I'm here, they're going to get the best version of the Grom. I'm going to try to help them with their plan of winning a World Series. Like, I wish there was a little bit more honesty, yo. These guys sound like robots to me sometimes. Like, they all say the same exact thing. Every interview just sounds like the last interview. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's it's interesting, man. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, as far as, like, the full pitching rotation, like, what's your thoughts? Like, I get tired of hearing the same old thing, right? They always bigging up the Mets starting pitchers. Oh, they can have the best starting rotation. I, I read one uh, report that said the Mets got the best starting rotation ever. I'm like, yo, pump the brakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let, let's slow up a little bit. Yeah, okay. I don't even know. I don't know who's who actually, like – one, we've never even seen Senga pitch in a major league in a major league setting. So how can we even say that? Two, Carrasco might not even be on the team opening day. So right. we don't two of our two of our five are complete unknowns going into the season. Right. Carrasco, if he's on the team, we know what he's gonna be probably. He's probably gonna be around a four, maybe a three seven ERA, you know. Right. Probably somewhere no, around there. I mean, you might get 350 with Carrasco. I mean, he did He did win. What? How many games he won last year? He so, won a lot. He won like 17, 15 games. Yeah, yeah. He, he had he, the most wins on the team, I think, or yeah. second. He was most all year until the yeah. very end. Listen, at the end of the day, like, I'm not in on the starting pitchers as much as most people keep talking about it. One, the starting pitchers – they go on like five innings, six innings. Like you can literally have you obviously don't want scrub pitchers that get blown up. Every no. day, right. But if you have a pitchers that they give you they they between three and three point five ERA and you have an elite bullpen and you can score some runs, you still good. Like oh, to me, like I feel like that gone are the days Randy Johnson go out there and pitch 130, 150 pitches. And, and, and throw all nine. You know what I mean? If it was like that, then I'd be like, all right, we got Verlander. He going to pitch. I wish seven. it was. I miss, I miss when complete games were a thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, to me, it's just like, all right, it's important because you can't have scrubs because we've seen the teams with bad starting pitchers. You get to the bullpen too early. Uh, you're behind early. And you're just trying to play catch-up all the time. But if you don't have bad starting pitchers and they're respectable and you can score runs – I mean, that's kind of what the Phillies did. I mean, other than, um, you know, Wheeler, do they have Verlander, DeGrom type pictures other than him? I wouldn't say so. That's also kind of what we did too, in a sense. I mean, obviously we don't, they don't have, we have, actually it was kind of similar Two two headed monsters, you know, they had Nola and Wheeler. We have, um, we had last year, DeGrom and Scherzer, not for the whole year, of course, but. It's not, obviously it wasn't it wasn't the same. They definitely had a little bit of a talent discrepancy compared to us. In right, the we were rotation. supposed to have the best starting rotation in the league. Yeah, that's what yeah. the mess was supposed to. Really, is the Astros? Oh, like, dude, their their bullpen too. Like, yeah, their bullpen yeah. is nasty. That Framer Valdez dude. Oh my god, that guy's nuts. One sidetrack thing too. I got real quick. What did you think about Buck Showalter and that whole thing with Joe Musgrove? In the Padres well, to be honest, you know, he might have been greasing, but if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying to win. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah, at the end of the day. And then and, and then the people hating on Buck for asking, it's like, nah, like just listen, he yeah. asked, it didn't get found. You know, he might have been greasing, he might not have. Now, you know, they talked about his spin rate being up like ridiculous, like, and he did have the Mets looking pretty silly out there. So you see them ears, bro. Did you see those ears? <laughs> now the ears look crazy, but I'm just saying, like, he had the Mets looking crazy, but oh yeah, he had the Mets looking crazy because they was choking or they wasn't ready for the playoffs. Or did all he the have above. Them? all the above? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's all just like, above. look, man, 
Listen, when the Astros won the World Series and they saying they was beating on the trash cans or whatever, I said, well, maybe the Mets need to do that because we ain't won a championship since 86. Do what you got to do to win. I'm like, you know, it, it is what it is. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's just my opinion. You know, I think they all try to get away with certain stuff. They all try to steal signs. Okay. Oh, which is yeah. why they went to the the the, the, the pitch comp. So at the end of the day, they all trying to get they trying to get the advantage, all of them. So to me, I mean, I don't think the Musgrove thing did the Mets in. I think what did the Mets in, Marte got hurt. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't the same when he came back. And the Mets really the, the Mets really underestimated that DH position. Okay. Uh I don't want to see respectfully like go through a season with Vogelback being the main DH. That I don't think that's the thing because liability on the bases, not versatile. You're not gonna put him at first base. To... No, he's a lot, he's all he is is a bat, and he's only a bat on one for one side of the pitcher. Right. right? You know? Only hit yeah, only and, hit right and, he, and, and what at, at at best you're gonna get 240 from him. Like that's not who I want as a DH. Uh, so I think the Mets kind of jumped the ball and they, what, what I believe they should have did, if you was going to bring up the Alvarez and the baddie, that should have been done way sooner. That's how I'm going to start calling him Brett baddie. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like you bring them up late and they don't have time to really develop. They don't have time to get in that rhythm. So they waited a little bit too late oh, on Alvarez yeah. and the Beatty. Uh, you know, I messed up his name. But it, it, to me, they waited too late in the season. So if you wasn't going to trade some of them to get like a legitimate Juan Soto type player, then you needed to have bring them up earlier. As soon as you found out that the platoon of Tyler Naquin and Daniel Vogelback wasn't going to be the wave and Darren Ruff. So once you found out that Darren Ruff, Tyler Naquin, and Vogelback wasn't going to be the... I would like to forget that Tyler Naquin, dude, did, did you watch some of his hat-bats at the end of... <laughs> like, this he is started like, off on fire. Yeah, he hit three home runs in like his first week as a Met. And then this man looked like he was six years old playing T-ball up there <laughs> in the wild card series. Like yeah, his footing, dude... I paused it on... Like, I'd pause it and watch it on slow motion and it'd be like... Did, does anybody know, like, tell him what he's doing with his feet because he's so off balance and he's never going to hit a major league fastball doing that shit? Yeah, he went he went down real bad, uh, real quickly. Like, it, it got bad. And Vogelback, he might have not went down as bad as he did if he didn't have the hamstring issue. I yeah, think that kind of, like, accelerated his decline because he never really seemed the same with the hitting. That he and he really running. sucks on the other side of the plate like that. He's he's no good from uh I'm is it lefty on it's lefty on righty, yeah. So he's not good at hitting lefties at all. He is yeah, so know, bad he, at hitting lefties. Yeah, but you know, I mean, once he kind of got injured, I kind of feel like it took him out of his game. He also let a lot of cookies pass by for some reason. They say, oh, he got a lot of plate discipline, but yeah, he got two. He got two, and he it's right down the middle too with some of them. He yeah, yeah, pitches yeah, yeah, that yeah. are right down the pipe, and it's like, dude, we know you're trying to extend at bats, but we also gotta make them competitive at bats. You can't just be taking their cookies, like you said, when you should be just mashing them out of the yard. Yeah, that's what yes. you're here for. Some of the pitches he was getting caught looking at. <laughs> I'm like, he can't be the DH if he's gonna get caught. Yeah. You, if you a designated hitter. That's what you are. You're a designated hitter. That means you here to hit. Yeah, that's all you're here for. It's so <laughs> hit, bro. Holy you know, hell. You know what I mean? Like, just get on first base. You know what I mean? If you can't stretch out a double, whatever, you here to hit. And you here to hit with some power. Uh, that's what we brought you here for. You can't be getting caught looking at stuff. Uh, that's just my opinion. I, honestly, that's like a bench player for me, Vogelback. Like, if yeah. you're trying to compete with this – Phillies, Padres, Braves lineups, like he can't be that. That can't be your DH because the other lineups, man, they dangerous. Phillies got a dangerous team, and they just got Trey Turner. So you know, if the Mets is going to 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 continue to rise to that level, we we should have better pitching. You know, but we we got a hit. They got a hit, and uh, one thing like people uh, we talk. Um, all the time in our our um, 
our social media groups, they're like, oh, well, the Mets was fifth and hidden and batting average and all this other stuff. That's cool. But when you got runners on base, you need somebody that can bring them all in. Okay. If it's a close game, the the, the Astros got that. When, when, when Alvarez get up and they got two on, oh, he can hit a home run at any time. The pitchers are scared of, of a home run ball. You know what I mean? Like, you're not scared of home run balls for anybody on the Mets except maybe, you know, Lindor and obviously the Pete Alonso. So if, if you don't have that threat and we got all these runners on base and they're not a threat to do any real damage, you know what I mean? That's why you need the big boppers. Yeah. You, know, you know, all the teams that got there, pretty much everybody in the Phillies lineup can hit a home run. You know what I mean? Everybody on the Braves lineup can hit a home run. You know, everybody on the Astros, you know, these, these guys hit and they hit. Yeah, we, we need some power. We definitely, no doubt about it, need some need some power in the lineup. So just to transition a little bit, how about how are you feeling about Nemo? How are you feeling about Nemo? I know we touched on his press conference a little bit, but I don't think we either of us touched on how we're feeling about him being back and the contract. And I like Nemo the player. I felt like the we overpaid because the Mets are um, they kind of get caught waiting too long to extend players. Yeah, Had I hope extend- they don't do that with Pete and Pete and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to because they got all this huge payroll. So Alonzo's on a book for two more seasons, but you paid Mad Max and Verlander forty three million a piece. So are you going to give Pete a? $300 million contract right now? Probably not, right? Probably not. So, you know, they they probably are going to wait. And what happens is when you wait, you overpay. So, you know, the Mets could have locked up Nemo two years ago to a eight-year deal for less money than what they gave him. You know what I mean? But they waited and other teams was interested in his services. I think that, you know, I think he's a decent uh leadoff hitter i mean he's a great leadoff hitter i'd like him to still a little bit more bases be a little bit more active on the bases because he's fast he, he can do it into several double plays because Nemo's not a threat to steal so you know he got to at least be a threat to steal in my opinion for the money we're paying him so he's gonna have to add some additions to his game you're gonna have to add some running or i thought that he might have been good you know maybe a little bit more down the lineup or cleanup since he's always on base and he can hit. But, you know, like when I said that, you know, Mets fans like, no, he got to be leadoff. And I'm like, okay, well, if your leadoff hitter isn't going to steal no bags. And that, I mean, I feel like they can move McNeil. I feel like they underutilized McNeil where he was in the lineup last year because he got a hit every single game. He at least got a hit pretty much to keep up that average all year. But he was hitting sixth and sixth, seventh in the lineup. With- That's where he likes to hit, though. That's true. That's where he likes to hit. But I'm, I'm saying, like, what what would be the best for the team? I mean, if, if I've saw several times this season where Nemo gets on base, wasn't looking to steal, Marte grounds it to a double play, and then basically over. Okay? You got to at least be a threat. I'm not saying the guy need to steal 40 bags or whatever, but if you're a threat or even a hit and run, so maybe we don't get all them double plays, get him the second, you know, we, we're going to have to make some of those adjustments if he's going to be the leadoff hitter for the next 10 seasons. Cause that's how long we got him. So I, like I said, I like the signing, you know, I think Nemo has the potential to be a great center fielder. Um, not sure if he's ever going to have power, you know, not Probably sure. Not. not sure if that's ever going to come in. So no power uh, limited on the base pads. Other than when he gets going, he's one of the fastest players in the league. So, you know, he could score from first. Hmm. Uh, but I think the Mets overpaid a little bit. But you got to have a guy that's like the heart and soul of the team. And that's what the Mets look at Brandon Nemo as. He's that heart and soul. He's a good clubhouse guy. All the players love him. Uh, you know, that I just saw a report today from SNY that was saying, you know, he's would be open to being the next captain and stuff. I think that should be Lindor personally or Pete Alonzo, but you know, like it, he, he has that amount of respect from the team. So 
it was a good signing, a little bit of an overpayment, but that's what that what happened when you don't sign people early on in their career. Like right now, Pete Alonso not making a lot of money. I mean, yeah, no. the first year where he's actually going to get a pretty nice, you know, amount. You know, <laughs> so maybe last year they could have signed him to an extension. Like you're only making, you know, this we could twenty five million for six. Seven years, he might sign it. Now, the Mets are going to be in the 30s on that deal. Yeah, not even just like extensions too, but also the market kind of pushed it to that point as well. Just because there, other than Aaron Judge, what was there in the outfielder market? Anything like Nimmo? There was nothing like Brandon Nimmo in the outfielders market, unless you're talking about Andrew Benatendi, and even then, he's not he's not a Brandon Nimmo. And to that point, and to that point though, like I think at a, like you said, like. You gotta you gotta pay your guys to a certain point too, and not even and you weren't just paying and like you said you love Brandon Nimmo the guy as well, you like him as a player. I don't think like from what I've heard you don't love him as a player. You really like him as a player, but you love yeah, yeah, Brandon no, Nimmo. It wouldn't be love. I think he's an above average player. He's not a superstar. He's getting superstar yeah. money, and he's not a superstar. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see how people people keep talking about this F war. I think we get too much into the statistics. Yeah, sometimes analytic. Yeah, you can get yeah, yeah, so we, far an, analytically driven to a certain point, and then it starts to get a little – just like in basketball, how they talk about Raptor, and I I think that stuff's so stupid. Oh, yeah, just a disclaimer. I know how you said earlier you're a Giants, Knicks. Yeah, <laughs> Giants, yeah, Knicks, Knicks Mets, baby. Guess, but, guess know, what my basketball team is? Hold on, hold on. Guess what my basketball team is? The Brooklyn Nets? Nope, it's not a New York team. Mm, mm. Name like a, an anti, an anti New York team. Oh, not the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, no, man. Come on, bro. Okay, okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. No, no, I don't even want to hear it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me hear this. Right. So, like, my dad, my family, like, just does not like basketball. I don't know what it like. My dad just never was into basketball. He was always baseball, football. My mom just doesn't like sports, all that. So like I never just, I don't know. I never got into basketball for the longest time until I was like 14. And like Alan Iverson, Allen Iverson and 2K. Like I got drafted to the Sixers. <laughs> I like Michael Carter Williams in Syracuse. Right, right. So like they, it all just, I don't know. Like I don't, I like the Knicks too. Like that's the, weirdest part about it like as this like i like the knicks but i also like the sixers are my number one team that's crazy bro like i uh mel simmons does not uh co-sign on this this 76er deal my new yorkers you don't uh, you know what i mean we don't co-sign this but it's no, all it's you, like, you like who you like you know what i mean i got so, two out of three i got two out of three i mean like i had put up a post on facebook i was talking about like F war and, and and I was just like, yo man, like what does that matter in the playoffs? And I shut a lot of people up because I said, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I shut a lot of people up when I said that. I said because there's a lot of teams with players that have high F war sitting at home, like the Mets. Okay, the Dodgers. All right, they had some high Aaron Judge. F- they have some high f war players sitting at home getting bounced from the playoffs and smacked up um do we not aaron nola ring a bell they got smacked up by the phillies at home three games all right okay am am i lying now all right so you know and, and the cardinals was great defensively got smacked at home just like we did all right and and they got one of the best defenders in the league, okay, the best third baseman. So I ask, what does F war mean when you get out the postseason? When you get to the postseason, what does it mean? What does it what does it mean? Just another okay. stat on a stat sheet, just like your regular season batting average, and just like how many home runs you hit during the regular season. <laughs> That's why I like the Aaron Judge signing is a little a little funny to me. He has one season, which, by the way, there's I don't know if you've seen any of those reports. As far as like juice balls at Yankee games and oh, that's what they claim. I mean, yeah. they're gonna say it. They're gonna say it. They hate it. I'm not here to accept they, or they deny. I'm not here to accept or deny. I'm just here to put out that I have heard that that is being claimed. But listen, 
one last thing on the F war. That's like, this really like concerns me. Like, <laughs> all right. Like it doesn't take in to contribute. Like how many fielding assists did Brandon Nimmo have last season? And I'm not a Brandon Nimmo hater. Okay. But when you talk about like a strength of a, of a center field arm, like he doesn't have an elite arm out there in center field. So I'm like, so what is going into these, these, this F war number. Like, I don't understand what's going into it. He's not throwing people out at the plate. People was running on Brandon Nemo. So, you know, and that's no disrespect to his game. I think he, he's going to continue to get better, but all Met fans was talking about when they were saying we must sign him is F war. Oh, oh, his F war is one of the highest in the league. I'm like, come on, man. Miss me with that. What does your eyes tell you? The eyes tell you that he's a really good player that has room to grow and he's still young. Now, does that mean he deserved to get paid superstar money? That remains to be seen. We got to see what he does. Exactly. Getting the superstar money. But what's your thoughts on what I'm saying about the F war and how I really think it's the most overrated stat in baseball? No, I agree. I think eye test definitely is something that is being lost in today's analysis with not even just baseball, but sports as a whole. Like we're looking at all these numbers sometimes versus just looking at what we see in front of our faces to determine our actual opinions and using only analytics instead of mixing both, both in with each other to come out with one conclusion. But no, I agree. I mean, stats can only be stats at the end of the day. And when it comes to the postseason, you're going to either put up numbers or you're not. It doesn't matter what you did the day before. It only matters what you do going forward. And the second it hits that playoff baseball, just like it did for the Mets, once it mattered, it they weren't there. They did not show up in Atlanta. They won all three games at the end of the year to make it interesting for some reason and then ended up with the same record as the Braves, held the division lead, I think, for like 120 games. Was it more than 120 yeah, games? Like, like 140 games or something. 100 like. And they lost the division. Like, how did... Yeah, but if you listen to Mets fans, oh, we got the top F-War, Brandon Nemo is F... And I'm just I don't give a shit about F-War. We (laughs) lost in three games to the Padres. Like, the Padres (laughs) are the team. No flack on the Padres. They beat us. But, like... And again, I mean, it's kind of hard. It goes back to the F4 conversation that we're having right now. Like, it doesn't matter what you did in the regular season. Those 101 wins, wins that Brandon Nimmo is talking about that nobody gives a shit about. I yep. love you, dude. Nobody does give a shit about them because he lost in three games. Like, it was the best regular season I've ever seen as a Mets fan. But I right. left the season being pissed off because it didn't look like that everybody gave 100% effort when it mattered the most. All of our starting pitchers shit the bed besides Jacob DeGrom. And that is a little harsh to say not everybody gave 100% effort. Yeah, I think like, that's a little harsh. You little sound harsh. like the other Met fans now, but go ahead. Oh, I'm going to get the Met fan no. on. Go uh, ahead, uh, go ahead. Y'all gave effort. It just it didn't it didn't come out at the end of the year. It did not come out at the end of the year. You're right. I'm getting, well, getting a little. I mean, effort is relative. The Mets problem it's a grueling 162 game season. Most of them guys that was juicing back in the day, they wasn't juicing because they were trying to get better at hitting the ball. You still got to hit it. That's why I think Barry Bonds should have been in the in the Hall of Fame. But that's for a whole another podcast. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you a still off set. You still got to hit the baseball. They was doing it so they can recover. And a lot of these players on the Mets, they haven't been in a situation where they've been playing meaningful baseball at the end of the season. Vogel back, he came from uh, Pittsburgh. They wasn't playing no meaningful games. So, you know, you throw these guys in and it's a grueling 162-game season and you're expected to produce at the level of midseason at the end of the season. And there's only the teams that have been there before, like the Astros, you know, teams have got guys that that have that, that, that pedigree of playing that many games of being in full swing at the end of the season, it's a really grueling season. To me, the Mets look tired. Yeah, and that's honestly what was just I'm I'm as I'm you're talking it out with me, like, yeah, they instead of lack of effort, it just looked like they were gassed. It looked like they yeah. spent the last two months of the season, not even the last three months of the season trying to fight off the Braves. And yep. it just came down to I mean, same with the Braves. I mean, they both just 
beat each other up all the way to the end. And even with the Mets being the Phillies, I don't, I think the Mets beat the Phillies, lost three times. games to the Phillies yeah. all year. Three no, games we, to the Phillies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you like the Mets look tired, um, and they looked a little defeated when, you know, the, uh, DeGrom and Max was still struggling with the, the injuries. Marte, which I think is the heart and soul of the, the, the hitting lineup, you know, was battling was the finger. You know, once he went down, that put a lot of pressure on the other hitters in the lineup, and it wasn't doing as good. And I get people that argue with me, like, all the time, like, oh, one player doesn't, like, change a team in baseball. It's not the NBA. And I'm like, okay, well, when when um, the uh, Yankees, they was up with the best record in baseball. They, they had, like, a ridiculous, like, uh, 80% win, win rate or whatever, and they lost Stanton. And then they had another injury. Once Stanton went out, and they were like, well, Stanton wasn't even having that good of a year. I'm like, it don't matter. You got to respect them. So you oh, need yeah. people in the lineup that need to be respected. It doesn't matter if he's not blowing it out the park. When Garden Carlos Stanton gets up there, he is a threat to hit a home run every single time he's in a box. And when you have people like that in your lineup, it the others, they get better pitching. So, and that's why Pete, Pete sometimes got the shit out of the stick because he's got nobody hitting behind him. He's got Vogelback or not even Vogelback, non-hitting J.D. Davis or Darren Ruff or Tyler Naquin behind him. Yeah. And he's setting them up to either get intentionally walked and then you got them up to bat or then he just has them harder at bat. Right. And you got a guy like Stanton behind him. He got to be respected. You need people that got to be respected. Like you can say what you want about, you know, Giancarlo – but when he gets up to bat, first of all, he a met he is a city field killer. <laughs> he's always been a city field killer. I can't stand him. But you know, when he gets up to bat, you know, he's a threat. You need threats. And like once the Yankees got him back, they started winning again. Once they got, you know, I think they lost um uh who was the other one they 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 lost for uh, they lost a bunch. They lost DJ LeMahieu, they yes, lost LeMahieu. Andrew Benatendi, yeah, they lost Matt Carpenter. Yeah, they they got I mean, the thing with the Yankees, they played not like extremely over their heads, but they were definitely playing slightly above what they actually were in the beginning of the season. But then they got really hurt. And then, dude, do you remember either Yankees Twitter or Yankees? You like people oh, on YouTube? Boom. They want to boom fire. They, they just wanted the rest. They want the team blown up after the team was like <laughs> on a record pace in the beginning of the year. They were going to win like 120 games or something. They were on pace to win. And they're like, Blow up the team because they lost. They yeah. lost at one point, point, they had lost like 22 out of like 26 games. They, dude, do you watch Bad Dog? I forget if I asked you that. You watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch dude. Bad Dog. No, yeah, Bad Dog. Was... Bad Dog on YouTube? With a no, 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 no. I thought oh, you were okay. talking about the other guy that be on ESPN. Oh, no. This dude's on. You should check him out. He's on YouTube. What up, Bad Dog, if you see this? He's a, <laughs> he's a Giants fan and a Yankees fan. Okay, got you, got you. So, no, I, so I watch him for all his Giants stuff, but I he's I like him enough, so I watch his Yankees stuff too because I like to see Yankees fans rage. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> listen, man, this stuff be irritating you like sometimes because <laughs> it's just like, yo, when is the Mets gonna like? This is the first time like I can honestly say that going into a season, I have some expectations. Like it's been a long time since I'd be like, go Mets. "Oh, the Mets Let's could actually Mets. compete for a World Series this year, the year after. They might and not the year win. after that, and the yeah, year after that. Yeah, it's so you know, great. We don't have to ever feel again like, wow, we have an eighty million dollar payroll in the biggest market <laughs> in the country. Listen, oh, you know that's another thing. Um, before we wrap up, we gotta have a podcast on this payroll stuff." Because if you look up the last uh, 10 World Series teams, none of them, except two, had a top five payroll. Really? Okay. Payrolls do not equal championships. No, that, yeah, no, definitely not. I, I mean, I the, Dodgers, have... the Dodgers are the epitome of that. No, the Dodgers paid for their 2020 COVID championship. And, you know, they're still paying for it because they, they, they got a lot of money out there. Um, so no, the Dodgers was one of those teams that was in the top five of payrolls. Mm. Okay. Uh, the Astros, they don't be paying nobody. 
No, they just have a really good farm system. They just have yeah, all them kids. Yeah, like they... Jeremy Pena? Oh, my God. Where, yeah, where, yeah. Where, where's our Jeremy Pena? Is that Alvarez? I hope so. Yeah, he, he wasn't – Pena not making no money yet. <laughs> I mean, like, and then what happened is if you ask the Astros for too much, like Correa – you ain't going to be there. Find, yeah, they're going to find You think the Astros will give Correa 13 years, 350? Hell no. <laughs> so no. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So I don't, like, I hear the Met fans, we finally spending money. To me, I think the money wasn't allocated correctly. And what I mean by that is, yes, you want the, the pitching. Okay? I want an elite bullpen. I want above average starting pitching. And I want hitters. I want people that get up to the plate and they're a threat to either get a double, triple home run. I don't need no single guys. I don't need no bunters unless, you know, we button to move runners over. I ain't a guy that can hit. All right. A guy that can come in for the Mets and hit. And I'm not really sold on Trey Mancini and some of these other guys and Ben Attendee. I'm not really sold on them. I'm, I'm, I need like, where, where they be finding these uh these where they find Alvarez at? We need somebody like where they find that Pena do that. We need some of them uh sprinkling in on the Met. You gotta find some people that can hit, bro. And that's that's what I feel like we kind of like. I don't want to say dropping the ball on, but we'll see. The Mets is banking on the old adage that good pitching can beat elite hitting. Okay. But then you got teams that got both, like the Astros and the Phillies. And you got to keep up with those kind of quality teams if you really think you got a legitimate chance to win a World Series. The Mets is putting all their chips on the table for 2023-2024 season. They got two old Cy Young pitchers that are Hall of Famers. And if they don't win in the next two years, what, what was the point of giving them those huge contracts? Well, if they don't win in the next two years, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna do the same damn thing until they win until he wins the World Series. I mean, I think that's the plan, though. I think the plan is to establish a good farm system, not only for pitching, because pitching is so expensive, but pitching for pitching and for pitching and hitting, man. Like like you said, we just don't besides Beatty, Alvarez, and honestly, Ronnie Mauricio at this point, because Mauricio is having a really good uh yeah. season in the in the winter league in the Dominican right now. Yeah. But, that dude, now, see, see, that's the kind of guy that can come in and hit with some power. See, yeah, he's like, got man body. But the thing is, he a shortstop, and they're like, "Oh, well, we we can't use him." Yeah, man, outfield, outfield, put him in the outfield. Yeah, yo, left field. I, I'm not. Really yeah, Marcana, so- Marcana is not like the solidified left fielder. Dude hits two fifty for no power on a good yeah, day. Like, that's I don't want. I'm not sold on the Mark Canna being to me the Mets weak spots is DH and left field and third base. I'm not sold on Escobar. Now Escobar would be great for a bench and maybe a DH. Yeah, me, like, yeah, exactly. We, like we, he's we, a switch hitter. Okay. And I think the end of the season, Escobar, he might be able to do that over an extended period. I like that version of Escobar. That end of the season one, the fire, the energy. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, like you can you can bring him in. Like, hey man, you might have to try. You might have to try your luck throwing uh 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 Marciano out there in left field because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sold on the Mark Cannons of the world. I'm not sold on the um, Brett Beatty. His defensive liability. Yeah, yeah. His his not, bat. He showed promise in his bat, but he didn't. His defense. Uh, no. Not 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 sold on the defense, bro. You can't no. throw him out there on third base with him no. botching double play balls. He did that multiple times last season. Like I'm not I'm not sold on Brett Beatty. I'm not sold on Escobar as the everyday DH. I'm not sold like I like Lu, Luis Guillorbe as like a. A bench platoon guy, he's a good guy to have in the mix, but I'm not sold on him being an everyday starting second baseman. So at the end of the day, those that that's some that's some um some 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 uh, holes to fill for the Mets if they are going to compete with the Padres, the Phillies, the Braves to get into the World Series because it's gone through these four teams: the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, and the Padres. 
Those, those are the those are the major players next season that I believe have a legitimate chance of going to the World Series. And speaking of that, what are the Dodgers doing? Like, have the Dodgers signed a player this offseason besides washed up Noah Syndergaard? No, but the Dodgers, they got a good team, man. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, they, uh, yeah. The they, teams, they, they, you got to sound They, they did just win 100 and they won 114 games. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I yeah so, I mean, do they really need you won 140 games? I mean, 114 games last <laughs> season. Are you going to be breaking your neck to bring in more players in here? No, you're going to go to the locker room and you're going to be like, yo, man. Like, y'all guys won 113 games last season. Like, I need y'all to do more. Like, I need yeah, y'all to, to to produce in the playoffs. Like, we got a huge payroll. You know what I mean? We still got Mookie Betts on here, who I think is one of the best players in the league. Like, we that, that team is still loaded. Don't get it. Tw- I, I take back what I said. Okay, the Dodgers is a legitimate threat to go to the World Series, too. Okay? So, really, there's six teams that probably have a legitimate chance. Because I think the Cardinals is really good. Okay, but they're like a out. They're like an outside shot of of doing anything special. Yeah. But the, the Dodgers got to be in there. So I'm not going to disrespect the Dodgers by saying I don't think. I think that I think that the Phillies and the Padres are going to have the best lineups. Okay, and behind them is going to be the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Mets is fifth in that lineup. The that's a little concerning to me. Where where are you ranking the Mets as far as a lineup? They don't their lineup don't compete with the Phillies lineup. It's not even close. See the bottom hat like the Phillies definitely the Phillies have a good lineup, but like the bottom three for the Phillies aren't anything amazing. And it's it kind of it's rem it's not it's not the Mets. They're better than the Mets in the hitting department, but I don't think by a whole lot. I think the margins are a little bit a little bit thinner than that. Just because one through six, the Mets are pretty strong. Right? Would you say so? Like without a DH right now, one through six. Uh, no, not really. No, I wouldn't like say Nimmo strong. getting on Nimmo getting on base. Marte, right? Lindor, Pete, but no power. Yeah, so yeah, and, that, and that's why the, we the need that. We need a DH with power. Like that's a bit. Like we just need a a five need, hole. You, we need, need a five hole. So you need bad. power. The the Phillies got Trey Turner, uh, Nick Castellanos. I know he had a little bit of a down season this year, but that guy's legit. They got um uh Harper. I mean, they, they dudes got hitters, bro. Well, yeah, they they they, they got they got, they got okay. power. If, bro. if we're if we're just talking about power right now, they, in comparison, yeah, they they got so yeah, much more power than the Mets. Their lineup I'm, is better than the Mets. And I'm, I'm just talking about if you averaged out power, contact, and everything, because the Phillies were also one of the highest teams in swinging and missing. I'm pretty sure last year, like uh, the Braves. I mean, but you can get away with the swinging and missing when you got people. That, no, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, no. It, anytime, and that's, that's what happened to the Mets too, because they couldn't get that power. At the end of the, at the end of the day, they just did not get the power when it mattered most. Like that Brave series, we had so many people on base and no power, no power to bring them home. We just, just imagine string if, together hits. Just imagine if that's Harper coming up with three on, and he hits a home, he hits a home run, or he hits a double. I hate that I like him. I hate that I like Bryce Harper. He's hitting. He's you you gotta hit with power. You gotta bring guys in, bro. So at the end of the day, like if I'm being like honest, and I want to be honest with our fellow Met fans, their lineup is better. Okay, the Braves lineup is better. Them guys hit for power. They hit the most home runs in the league last season. Their lineup's not hitting, bro. Their lineup is nuts. Okay, so you know, like it, it for us to <laughs> for a title, they're banking heavily on starting pitcher having the best closer in baseball, which I still think Diaz is going to do exactly what he did this season, next season. Okay, that's what the Mets is banking on. But who's going to be the guy to bring them all in, other than Pete Alonso and Lindor? Is it going to be uh, 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 our guy tearing it up in 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 the in the in the Mauricio? Yeah, is it going to be him? Is it going to be, be Alvarez? Alvarez? Yeah, let's go Alvarez. It's going to have to be somebody, is what I'm saying. And I think if I'm the Mets, I'm going into the season putting that dude at DH or Alvarez at DH, but somebody on this team is going to be backing up Pete with some power. And somebody, you know, and we, we're going to iron this out. We're going to have some power on this team. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think the Mets rank like 14th in home runs. That ain't good enough. No. no. Not good enough, bro. So how can we compare ourselves to the, 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 the you know, the San Diego's, 
and the and the and the Braves and the and the Phillies, and we so down in the middle of the pack with the power. Like yeah. to me, that's 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 my only concern about next season. You got any other concerns other than the power? I'd say, I mean, I concerns. Yeah, just just a lot of the unknowns. I think a lot of what we've touched on, not just the hitting, but in the pitching, like with Senga and possibly with Quintana just coming off of his best season he's ever had. So you you never know with that type of thing. It could just swing back down. But that's just – I mean, if, if I'm looking at things pessimistically, I guess that's what I would point out. But, like, yeah, just, just things being the unknown. But like you said, not having power. Not having power in this lineup at the end of the day is something that's going to come back to bite us in the ass at the end of the day. Yeah, because the just... power didn't increase. Where the power coming from? <laughs> Where the power? If they don't pr- if they don't promote these young guys, and you now real quick before we close up, yo, I don't understand it. Everybody else call these guys up, and they just be dominating. Yeah, Philly, right. Uh, uh, the the Braves called that, that that Harris kid up, and Von and not Von Grisham. Well, it was Harris and who else? Oh yeah, Grisham. Yeah, they called them two kids up, and they just dominating, bro. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what, what, what are we doing? Did they pay one of them too? Did they, or did they pay both of them? Yeah, they extended them. Oh my god, that's that's what we need to do. Like, if Alvarez hits twenty to thirty home runs this year, I'm gonna sign him immediately. He's yeah, no like money. what? Sign him. He's twenty. He's he's two years younger than me, dude. Well, <laughs> like, actually, we got time on Alvarez, but I would say. Two to three years before his his rookie deal is done, extend him. You don't gotta extend him right now. If he hits twenty, who cares? Like the 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 Astros don't be extending no. They took a minute before they paid um uh uh Altuve. That dude was oh, making yeah. no money when he came yeah. over to the Astros. He yeah. was lighting it up, hitting everything. He was making nothing. He was so bad in the in the playoffs this year. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, he is. Hey, he listen. They won, won the that. ring. They won the ring. He's got another one. <laughs> Facts, you know. But like, it's like, you know, like, nah. I don't. I don't agree with paying too early. But what I have a problem with is we sometimes pay too late. Oh yeah. Hey, Brandon Nimmo was a too late deal. He shouldn't have hit free agency. Okay, and we wouldn't have been paying him this kind of money. Okay, in my opinion, like, that's not the twenty-two million a year, like. Nah, that they his talent level. I don't care about the F war. What does your eyes say? Your eyes say he, he's he, he's he's a contact hitter that has very <laughs> limited power and very limited on the base pads and very limited as a um, center fielder when it comes to uh, assist and throwing runners out. So you know, like you compare him to a Mookie Betts, and there's not even a comparison. You know what I mean? Like there, uh, the 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 difference in the talent level there. So at the end of the day, like we waited too long. I'm fine with extending them, but they should have did this a year or two ago if they knew they wanted to keep them on the books, and they probably could have got them like eight years, hundred million. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, like I don't know where the power is going to come from this team. I like. Like your boy that you just talked about, like Alvarez. We might have to see what Brett Beatty could do at third base. Uh, he got a he got a summer to keep working on his fielding because he did kind of get a little bit better, where wasn't abysmal. But if his he, hitting can outweigh his deficiencies, I think we can live with it. You know, it's kind of like if he can hit and he can hit well. I'd I'd it depends like you know it to it, it, it's got to outweigh. It's got to outweigh. If he's really bad at third, it doesn't matter if he's hitting 275. Right. You know like well, if he's a liability. Well, the thing is they hit a lot of balls at third base. Yep. They hit a lot of balls over there. Now, I want to like when we do our next podcast, I want to talk about this shift. I think that's another thing Met fans ain't really considering. Um, when we talk about this lineup and how good it can be, even without power, maybe because so, maybe, so hey, maybe you're turning around a little bit because you. No, no, I'm not turning around. <laughs> power. I'm not turning around. I'm not turning around. But I'm curious to know what the viewers' thoughts is and what your thoughts are about the 
uh, shift change rules to, to how they are allowed to shift. And does that allow the Mets to kind of do maybe like a 2015 Royals, how they beat us in a World Series and just was stringing together hit after hit and had elite, um, uh, you know, bullpen. Um, and just came in, laid down the hammer and, and closed the games and just strung together those singles, doubles, triples. You know, does that change the rules? Does it make McNeil even that much more harder yeah, to stop? He can pull it... wherever he wants to pull. Like, there's no no doubt about that. Right. Does it make Nemo? Maybe his batting average goes to 300. Do we look differently at him if he hitting 300? Yeah, I look differently at him if he hit 300. You know what I mean? 315, somewhere around there, 10 to 15 home runs. Maybe we like, ah, oh, okay, maybe the money was. So I want to talk about that on our next show to talk about the shift. What we think the Mets going to do with this shift, how you think other teams are going to deal with it, and how's that going to affect the defense in the game? Well, yeah, man. I think it's been a really good first uh, intro pod slash just first pod altogether. I think that's a good stopping slash starting point for our next episode in regards to talking about the shift. And I'm sure we'll come up with a couple other things to make central topics of that because I know this one was kind of just – yeah, kind of just us talking Mets the whole time. We didn't really stick to anything, honestly. But that's fine. I mean, I think when you're starting this type of thing, just getting some chemistry going and firing off a stream, man. Nah, man. The podcast is going to be dope. You guys make sure y'all tune in to the podcast with your boy from Triple Crown Media and your boy Mel Simmons. Y'all can follow me and hit me up, man. We enjoyed you guys. Hope y'all enjoy the show. There's going to be many more. It's going to be fire. It's going to be, as the kids say, Liddy. Say, now let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out.